The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Thank you for joining Beside Still Waters podcast with Christian Javois. Beside Still Waters is the moment in our day when we seek stillness in God's presence, guidance from the Word of God, and grace to live by faith. This is the moment when we view horizontal living from the divine perspective. For the eyes of Jehovah run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Now here's today's message. We hope it will be a blessing. Welcome to Beside Still Waters. So glad you can join me today. And we are going to continue in our series of asking the question, what if? This question is designed to cause you to think about your walk with God. And if perchance this one time you decided to open the doors of your heart and soul completely and allow the Spirit of God to do a special work in your life to take you to a new place in your relationship with God. And we looked at the life of Moses, of course, and we saw how Moses at the Red Sea was uh, able to allow Jehovah to work through him to do the impossible. And uh, we still talk about parting the Red Sea in a variety of ways in our conversations, but it has gone down in the annals of biblical history that God used a man uh, to deliver a people in the midst of a crisis. And he saw the wonders of Jehovah, what he is able to perform. And now we come to a man that we've spoken about in times past, and that is Joshua. I think Joshua has a unique history and a unique experience. But Joshua dared to ask this question, what if? Now, you said to yourself, well, I've never seen a verse uh, in, in, uh, in, uh, in the scriptures to identify any time in history when Joshua asked himself, what if? But bear with me for a moment and, and let's take a, just a brief look at uh, Joshua's history. He comes on the scene in uh, Exodus chapter 17, and he is enlisted to engage Amalek. Uh, Amalek and his people ambushed Israel as they were on their way to the land of promise. And uh, this was, if you will, a war against God. And so we have Moses and Aaron and Hur on the hilltop with uh, assisting Moses to keep his hands extended towards heaven. And as long as his hands were extended towards heaven, Israel prevailed. Israel prevailed. However, I'd like you to look at the circumstance from Joshua's perspective. Joshua is looking at a man who is influencing a battle on the field. And the success 
or failure of this battle was not dependent upon the skill of Joshua and the Israelites that fought against Amalek. The success of the battle was based on a man who interceded for the people with God. And I'd like to just boil this down to its bare essentials. Moses had influence with God to the extent that his walk, his relationship with God impacted what was going on around him. In this particular case, there was a battle being fought on the flats below the hill and the success of that battle depended on a man who lifted his hands and voice and heart to the living God on behalf of someone else, on behalf of the people. And Joshua witnessed this. Now, you'll conclude, well, how do we know that had influence on him? Stay with me. Because at the end of this meditation, I have a question for you. You see, these are not simply Bible studies. This is a conversation designed to stir your hearts to think about what if my walk with God, my relationship with God, was much more than it is today, was deeper than it is today, was holier than it is today? What would be the effect on the circumstances and the people with whom I interact? And so we, we can move on. There was a, another sacred scene in chapter 24 of Exodus. And in chapter 24, uh, Moses, Aaron, and the elders of Israel went up and we are told that they saw the God of Israel. And in verse 10 of that chapter, we are told that under his feet, that is under the feet of Jehovah, it was a work of transparent sapphire. And on the nobles of the children of Israel, Jehovah did not lay his hand. They saw God and ate and drank. They were in the presence of God, but it gets better because we are told that Jehovah said to Moses, come up into the mountain and be there and I will give you the tables of stone and the law and the commandments that I have written for, for the, uh, that is for the instruction of Israel. And Moses rose up and Joshua, his attendant. And Moses went up into the mountain of God and he said to the elders, wait here for us. So Joshua was going to accompany Moses on perhaps one of the signal events of the history of Israel when they were given the law by the hand of Jehovah. And Moses said to the, uh, to the elders that Aaron and Hur are with them. And if any man has any matter, let him come to those men. And Moses went up to the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain 
and the glory of Jehovah abode on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it, covered the mount six days, and we are told that on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the appearance of the glory of Jehovah was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain before the eyes of the children of Israel. So as, as the children of Israel are in the, the valley parts, the lower parts, they are watching this phenomenon unfold. The elders of Israel are, if you will, some distance from the meeting point of Jehovah. And Joshua is with Moses. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment because Joshua accompanies him. Joshua is silent in that uh, event. He is watching and beholding a man receive instructions from God. He is, Moses is receiving direction for the people and those laws codified on stone, has influenced Western culture. And Joshua saw the God of Israel, and he saw the glory of God. And the miracle here is he was with Moses for 40 days and 40 nights, over a month in the presence of God. Joshua saw this. Now, is it any wonder, and we will see this in a few, but is it any wonder that Joshua was selected to be Moses' successor? And one has to ask the question, what if Joshua purposed in his heart to know the God of Israel, the way Moses did? What if Joshua purposed in his heart to have such an intimate connection with the God of Israel that his life will influence events around him as Moses did when they fought Amalek? And that his life will have influence with God such that God would use him for the benefit and blessing of the nation. And he became one of those that experienced the sustaining power of Jehovah when a man is in his presence, albeit for 40 days and 40 nights. I think the most sacred scene can be found in uh, Exodus chapter 33. And I, I truly love this scene. This, this is one of those sacred moments where we are told that uh, Jehovah calls to Moses and Moses takes the tent of meeting and sets it up and it was set up outside of the camp, so the people were constrained, if they wanted to meet with God, would have to go to the tent of meeting. And we are told that it came to pass 
that everyone who sought Jehovah went out to the tent of meeting. And it's outside the camp. Now, here is when the moment becomes perhaps very sacred. We are told that it came to pass when Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose up, stood every man at the entrance of his tent, and they looked at Moses until he entered the tent. Every eye was on Moses. Look at the influence that this man had in this nation. As difficult as his task was, his leadership responsibility was enormous. And yet, the people revered him because they saw the influence that he had with God and the intimacy of that relationship that he had with God. And it says, And it came to pass when Moses entered into the tent the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the entrance of the tent. God came down to meet with a man. And we are told that Jehovah talked with Moses. God is meeting with this man. This is, this is a supremely sacred, holy moment. And I want to challenge you, my friend. What if you made your relationship with God the most sacred entity, the most sacred event, the most sacred experience, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year? How would your life be different? And what have you been doing here to for? When you look back at the, the, uh, the course that you have traveled, what were your priorities? And here is the turning point. This is what convinces me that at some point, Joshua asked himself the what if. What if I made Jehovah and my connection, my relationship with him, the most significant event in my life. What if I chose him above everything else and placed in subordinate priority all aspects of my life except this one? Well, look at what the scripture says. That Jehovah spoke with Moses, and we find this in the 11th verse of the 33rd chapter of Exodus. Jehovah spoke with Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. And he, that is Moses, returned to the camp. But his attendant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not from within the tent. So, my dear friends, not only is Joshua with Moses, but he is beholding Jehovah speaking with Moses and Moses to Jehovah. 
And I am convinced that the what-if moment occurred right in that tent. He chose, he decided that he wanted this sort of relationship with God. There is, we have a short lifespan. Before you know it, you will be looking back at the panorama of your life and asking yourself, did I live according to the priorities, spiritual priorities? Joshua saw the life of Moses. He saw it up close and personal. And that moment in that tent, he decided, this is what I want. I want intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. I don't know where you are at the sound of my voice. Perhaps you have the privilege of meeting with other Christians, devotees of the Lord Jesus Christ, and, you know, as a a church gathering together. Uh, Perhaps you may not have that privilege or opportunity. I don't know. But that's not the most important question. The most important question for you today at this moment is, what is it that you want in your relationship with God? Is their intimacy. Joshua chose intimacy, relationship, a walk, a connection, a dynamic, interactive love relationship with the invisible, the immutable, unchanging, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient God of heaven and earth. And because this was this young man, he was a young man. (laughs) He chose this perhaps at the prime of his youth, could have been in his 20s, maybe early 30s. We are not told. But at this juncture, he made a decision. He made a commitment. He purposed to know God. You are facing a crossroads decision at this very moment. And I ask you, what is your priority? If you knew you only had a year to live, would you live it cleaving, clinging to, loving, knowing God as much as lies within your power, with all your heart, Would this be your choice? And so we are told that that when Moses ceased in his uh, communion with Jehovah and returned to the camp, Joshua remained behind. You see, my friends, I want this. And I believe you want this. But it begins with a decision and it continues with a day-to-day commitment to searching the scriptures and learning 
all that you can about God, his ways, his passion and love, uh, his unchanging and, and, and reliable promises, his great judgments, the wonders that he performed, the men that he used and the women that he used to uh, wrought deliverance, to uh, raise the dead, to bring the people back to God, to have influence in their generation for the glory of God. And so I'm challenging you, even at this moment, that there ought to be in your life and mine a tent of meeting, a place, a quiet place beside still waters where you have covenanted to meet with God, whatever it takes, however uh, 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 firm that commitment that you need to make, I urge you to make it today. You may achieve uh, uh, a certain notoriety, if you will, or success in life. You, you may perhaps you know, want to pursue uh, and, and earn a, a certain uh, amount of income or, or, or to create some good, some invention uh, or to have professional success or uh, success in some endeavor. Perhaps you are in a business for yourself. I don't know what your circumstances are. You might just simply be a student. I came to know uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior at the age of 19. And I have no regrets at that time. But my desire as a young believer was to prove in my own life that the same quality of relationship, the same devotion, the same intimacy that uh, these Old Testament individuals, male and female, and New Testament, and the missionaries that I've read about, and, and those who made a significant impact on their generations, uh, who had faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. I wanted that too. And I'm encouraging you today to pursue that with all your heart. That is to know the living God in an intimate, close, uh, warm way that the presence of God becomes your portion in this life. But let's go on. So we see here that that Moses began to influence this young man's life, perhaps unknowingly, we're not told. But Moses had influence over the people. They reverenced him. His life made a difference to his generation. And we see that Jehovah valued who Moses was because when Moses entered that tent, Jehovah came down to meet him. And I want to say to you that Many of us want more of the presence of God, but we have not established in our life a consistent time, a consistent period in the day when we meet with God. And that is a vital uh, uh, event in the life of any Christian, that time alone with God. You see, my friends, it's more than just a time of studying the Bible. 
It is a time of communion of your soul and spirit with the living God himself. And that time ought to be made sacred. And so we see that Jehovah values who Moses is. His life mattered to God. And God stood at the entrance in the pillar of cloud and spoke with Moses as with a friend. You know what that tells me? That the time I devote to learning and growing in my knowledge of the holy, (laughs) in fact, this is what Solomon calls it. He says, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of Jehovah. And knowledge of the holy is understanding. You know that you're an intelligent person when you have made the objective of your life to know this holy God. To make him your companion, your friend. To bring to him the issues and challenges and successes and failures of your life. To seek his wisdom and understanding because he promised in James 1 to give it liberally to those who ask of him. To ask for his intervention in the life challenges that are far bigger than us but to swing the doors of our hearts and minds wide open and embrace a sacred relationship with God. Joshua wanted that very thing. And how do we know? Because when Moses left the tent, Joshua remained with Jehovah. And I believe this was the turning point for this young man. We are given a promise in the book of Psalms by the pen of David. And he says, delight yourself in Jehovah. Delight yourself in Jehovah. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, some people walk away and conclude that God will give me everything I want. No, that's not what it says. It says, make him your delight. Make knowing him your delight. Make communion with him your delight. Make growing in your knowledge and understanding from the scriptures about who he is, what he does, why he does what he does, his wonders and works and judgments and wisdom and commands. But to learn for oneself who God is is. Delight yourself in him. Make him the object of your pursuit. And he says, he shall give you the desires of your heart. Joshua chose Jehovah. Joshua made Jehovah's presence a priority. Joshua knew that his success would be dependent upon this God who revealed himself to Moses. In fact, we are told in the first chapter of the book of Joshua, when he uh, 
um, receives from Jehovah assurances of success and of God's presence and promised companionship. And his objective, his command or the command given to him was to meditate on the law day and night and observe to do it. So he would find now the mind and spirit and intent of of the living God and make that expressed will the very basis for his life. And he was promised success in the endeavor of leading Israel. Now, how do we know this? Well, there was one incident in the life of Joshua that I think this incident proves that Jehovah's presence filled this man's life as he is leading the soldiers of Israel against uh, the local peoples in in. Um, uh, taking up their residence, taking up their control of the land of promise, there were some kings of the Amorites that, uh, that uh, Joshua was fighting against, and Jehovah enlisted himself into the battle. And the scripture says that Jehovah discomfited uh, the enemies of Israel and smote them with a great slaughter, And we are told in the 11th verse that Jehovah cast down great stones from heaven, hail, evidently, upon uh, the, uh, the enemies of Israel at that point. And those armies were destroyed. And this is, this is the key. This, this event that is about to unfold, there has never been an event like this. And we are told that, that, uh, that uh, then spoke Joshua to Jehovah in the day when Jehovah gave up the Amorites before the children of Israel, and he said, in the sight of Israel. So now the soldiers are witnesses to what is about to happen. And Joshua said, Son, stand still upon Gibeon, and you, moon, in the valley of Ajalon. And we are told that the sun stood still and the moon remained where it was until the nation gained the victory over their enemies. The sun. We understand that the earth is and other planets are revolving around the sun. And God stilled this, this uh, 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 event. <laughs> I don't even, I, 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 the words escape me that he would stop the, the orbs in space. He would stop time, if you will, at the request of this man who made God his priority. He asked the question, what if, what would be the difference in my life and the lives of those with whom I have to do if I made as my supreme objective in this life an intimate relationship with the living God of heaven and earth. My friend, you and I have been meeting beside still waters, meeting at this place where we are invoking the 
the presence and working of God in our lives by His Holy Spirit, desiring a deeper, more intimate walk with God. This is what Beside Still Waters is all about. It is a moment when you are encouraged to seize the promises of God and by faith step out into deep waters, step out into the deep things of God and pursue Him, knowing Him, opening the areas of your life and heart, your home, your career, whatever your pursuits, and seeking that His hand would work in your life, His Spirit in your heart, His Word in your understanding, that you might be able to influence your generation the way Moses influenced Joshua, and Joshua evidently the very soldiers that were under his leadership. Oh, my friend, we are, we are meeting with God. Set aside time alone with God, you and him alone, and tell him of your desire to make him your delight. As you quiet your hearts in God's presence beside still waters, I urge you, my friend, tell the Lord from the depths of your heart that you want Him and Him alone to be the delight of your heart, your pursuit. And I am confident as we come before God with singleness of purpose, that as Moses met with God face to face and Joshua observing this sacred scene, Joshua determined in his heart to pursue Jehovah in the same manner. And I want to ask you, what if you chose intimacy with God as Moses did and as did Joshua? What would be different in your life? Oh, Father, we ask for all those who are hungry for a deeper walk with you, a more intimate walk, a greater awareness of your presence, grace, and power. Help us. Meet with us as we cry out to you, as we lift our hearts to you. Beside still water. Thank you for joining Beside Still Waters podcast with Christian Javois. Beside Still Waters is the quiet moment in the stillness of God's presence to receive guidance, light, and grace to live by faith. I hope you've been helped and encouraged to press on living for the glory of God. It has been a pleasure and a privilege to connect with you on this podcast. To stay connected, please follow Christian Javois on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you on the next podcast of Beside Still Waters.